0: to The Word. Today, we are continuing our talk about
1: leadership. Did
0: you leadership. guys? Leadership. Leadership, leadership. I had so many different songs pop up. Are you miming for Buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm helping. <laughs> how, how do you mime leadership? L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P.
0: Okay. I don't remember how to do E. I was going to like, sign language it out, but um, mm. I'm not excelled in that. Today, we are going to be talking about leadership. If you were able to watch last week, you know that we spent a whole week talking mm-hmm. about yeah. leadership, how to become a good leader, what quantifies a good leader. That was a big word. What makes a good leader. And Wait, today- walk
2: in front of us? We're a we're, uh, background. We're, we're on the green Whoa. screen right now.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> We
2: are the green screen. What? Oh. Yeah, that's the, t- the green screen table is what's in front of us. Oh. Hey, we're that's back. That's exciting. Cool.
0: <laughs> Learning. Growing. All the good stuff.
2: I was like, I didn't see somebody walking through this. <laughs> okay, That was Kevin. Ghost. I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: that's so funny. today we're answering your questions. Yeah. Get your questions ready for leadership. We're going to be talking all about it today. But yes, that's what we're doing.
3: Yes. Hello. Amen. Hello.
0: I've not seen you. How are you?
1: Doing great. Good. Ready to answer questions. So okay. let's jump in. Amen. Amen. So we had some questions already this morning. If you have <laughs> questions right now, put them in the comments. But uh, one of them was um, how to follow. How can a, what was, how was it worded? It was, I like the way that it was worded. Let's see. How being a good follower makes you a better leader.
3: Yeah. Mm.
1: How being a good follower makes you a better leader. Um, So one of the things that I would point to is, and if you want to look up these scriptures real quick, um, one of the things that I would point to would be like James 4, 7, and 1 Peter 5. Uh, five and six and where it's talking about humility brings grace and greater grace. Yeah. So we know that our operation as a leader always is by grace, by the supernatural power of uh, God's God's hand, in yeah. other words, and grace is that supernatural power and that supernatural favor. Yeah. So okay. if I don't humble myself, I, the Bible shows us in context, mm-hmm. I will never have full grace. Yeah. So the best of my ability is to operate in full grace. James
0: 4, 6. James
1: 4, 6. Okay. okay. So the... the um the ability for me to operate as a good leader is to operate in full grace. How can I operate in full grace if I don't actually operate in humility, right? I can't, in other words, I must humble myself mm. in order to operate at the fullness of what God's called me to. Yeah. Well that means that even as I'm a leader, I'm still a follower. Yeah. In other words, I'm submitted to spiritual authorities. I'm, you know, Paul talks about in the New Testament how we're submitted to the people that are our boss and yeah. people in authority over us. So if I'm not you know, if I'm not a good follower, I'll never be a good leader. Yeah. Because here's the other part of it. If I don't understand following, if I don't understand the importance of submitting and following, then how will I operate on that level? Yeah. Right. Uh, In other words, it definitely helps us to understand the importance of being a good follower, and to understand the importance of submission to authority, submission and authority structures, and understand uh, humility in that way. How can I teach, because I'm going, as a leader, I'm going to impart who I am. I'm going to impart impart what what I have, right? I'm going to impart that. How can I impart that if I don't have it? So if I'm teaching you guys how to uh, be a good follower, right, and be uh, submitted and be humble, right, how can I teach that if I don't understand it, if I don't get it? So I'll never be a good leader to you without understanding the importance of following and that it is revelation to me. It can't just be a theory. It's got to be revelation. If it's a theory, then there's no impartation. Mm -hmm. And so one of the great things that you'll see is that the people that are the greatest are always good followers, right? And what I've found is that most people uh, that actually will make a great leader were okay to never be
3: one. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: In other words, the ones that are reaching, like we all should reach to attain the things and the destiny that God's given to us. But if we can't be satisfied unless we have the title, Mm -hmm. then we're already messed up. If the title is our goal and not serving and submitting ourselves to the Lord, then we're already messed up as a leader, and we're going to impart wrong things to those people. So I've found that most of the time the people, it's not saying that we shouldn't. I want to be a leader, and and I would say that I'm going after being a good leader. That's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm not telling you to stop trying to be a leader. I'm saying that if having that title and people seeing you as a leader is the ultimate goal, then the goal is off center. The goal is off center. Uh, So I found that good leaders are not looking for men's, uh, you know, basically praise of being a good leader or men's. Uh, approval of how they lead
3: yeah. Yeah. they're
1: they're not looking for the title mm-hmm. they're looking for how can I serve the best yeah because leadership is all about serving and mm-hmm. so like when you look at um, Elijah and Elisha mm-hmm. what made Elisha great and gave him the double portion of mm-hmm. that anointing is because he followed yeah. Elijah yeah. Mm-hmm. until he was no longer on the earth
3: yeah. what yeah.
1: made Jesus great he humbled himself in Philippians 2. Yeah. He humbled himself to the point of, to be obedient unto death. Right. He was following the lead. And, you know, the Bible tells he was following the lead of the Father. Mm-hmm. I never, he never said anything that he didn't hear the Father say. Yeah. He never did anything but what he saw the Father do. So yeah. the best example of leadership in our lives mm-hmm. is someone who followed in submission and authority to the Father. Mm -hmm. And that again, we must learn how to be a very good follower in order to be a good leader.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's been times where I've not done that well. You know, there was a, I've shared this many times, and it's not the time for me to go fully into it, but I so much thought that being a good leader was the title. That when a title would appear, it was, Oh, you've done your job well. Yeah. And it wasn't. And there was something you said a few years ago, that 's really marked me is that you would rather be in the number two position, yeah, and I remember you talked about it at impact, and I remember the Lord really challenging me with if you're always if you were only ever in the number two position, would you be okay with that yeah and you 've asked me question. that specifically as well, like if you could never go higher than you 're at right now, yeah. would you be content to serve mm-hmm. the Lord, yeah. and at that point i wasn 't. And really at this point, like I'd like to be able to honestly say, yes, I am, but I'm sure that there's still feelings and stuff I need to put down, but I'm more okay with it than I've ever been because I know if the Lord wants me in a secondary position, Mm. then it means that the gospel is going to be able to go further than it ever could. If I was Mm. in the number one position, if I was never called to be there, where I'm called to be is where the anointing can flow the best.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the things that was that was coming to my mind is that we should avoid just in leadership in general is avoid that the stepping stone mentality that sure. I'm only doing this yes. so that I can step up into sure. something better, you know, or like like I, I mean I went to Bible college for youth ministry and I know a lot of the people that went into youth ministry after that were just using it as a stepping stone sure. into into real ministry rather than What's the Lord calling me to do? And I'm going to devote myself to that. And then promotion comes from the Lord. I mean, it's not that we don't expect to be promoted or to go higher, but it's the heart behind it. You know, am I just doing this to build my house so that I can get something nice on my resume for whenever I choose to go higher or, or cause the question was like, how do I follow to be a good leader? It's submitting yourself to where you're at and, and then and then the lord will begin to bless that but yeah. you know just yeah. avoiding that mentality of i'm just doing this to so that i can as a stepping stone to take me to where I actually want to go.
0: Well you know Aaron and her, it's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite stories in the Bible Mm -hmm. when Moses had to hold his arms up. If Aaron and her were trying to be Moses in that situation Mm -hmm. they weren't trying to be Moses, they were trying to be the support people, the ones who were submitted to Moses. But because they held his arms up while a battle was taking place, as long as the staff was held up then they would win the battle. But because Moses' arms were physically getting tired he needed help to uphold You know, Mm -hmm. Pastor Brian's the head of this ministry. And if I try to be Pastor Brian, I'm stepping out of place because I'm not called to hold that staff up. But I am called to uphold an arm. That's what I'm called to do. And because Mm -hmm. of that, others will be able to look. Others Mm -hmm. could see Erin and her being the leaders Mm -hmm. in the following position. I'm going to lead by upholding the arms of the Mm -hmm. person that I submit to.
1: Yeah, well in your stepping stone mentality, I would I would call it uh something else from Acts One and we'll jump into it in a second, the my kingdom mentality or my ministry mm-hmm. mentality. And um in that is is that. But one of the things that's important to look at, and the reason why I ask you, you know, if you were never, you know, the number one person in a ministry, would you be okay with it? Because that's the same question the Lord asked me. You know, are you would you be okay? Because I think it's hard for the Lord to actually promote somebody. And I mean, if the, if the Lord has told them, you're going to have your own ministry, I get somebody saying, no, I'm, I need to be number one, because the Lord's told them that, yeah. and it was the Lord. The question is, was it the Lord? Sure. Because there's a lot of people that think that, which will go into you know, the My Kingdom mentality we'll talk about in a second. But um, a lot of times, I think it's hard for somebody to actually be promoted if they're not willing to never have their own thing yeah you know I have their name attached to it in that way if they're not willing to do that it would be hard for the Lord to actually give them their own thing yeah and you can see a part of that in Luke uh, 16 it's around the same place uh, and I love this this is such an important important uh, part I think it's around like verse 12 or so but I'll, I'll tell you in just a second Um. So it's talking about where you're faithful in little thing, talking about unrighteous uh, mammon. Mm-hmm. And then you go to verse 12. If you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: how, who will give you that which is your own?
3: Mm-hmm. So true.
1: now here's a good question. If I'm not completely sold out to another's vision,
3: yeah. then I'm
1: never completely giving myself to another. I've not used another's vision properly. So in other words, if like at one point, one of the things that the Lord asked me was, are you willing to serve in in a ministry I was in? Are you willing to serve this man basically for the rest of your days? Now, at that point, the rest of my days meant 20 years, as far as I could see. But uh, are you willing, if you never had any change whatsoever for the next 20 years, you just were doing what you were doing, are you okay with it? And I, and I was thinking, I'm not okay with yeah. that. I'm like, I need to get to the place where I am okay because you're asking me, but I'm not okay. And so if I hadn't gotten okay,
3: yeah.
1: then would I have ever been faithful in the use of that which is another's? No. See, if I wasn't okay to be there for the rest of my life, I wasn't faithful in their vision that God had given them. Yeah. yeah. And so then he says, who will give you that which is your own? So if I wouldn't have been able to get to that place, wholeheartedly get to that place to follow another, I would have never been able to receive my own yeah. that the Lord wanted to give. The Lord wanted to give me that ministry and that vision of my own. But that, that's not for everybody. Yeah. I think a lot of times people go into the kingdom of God and they think that everybody can achieve, you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. That's a very low minority of the people, but everybody in ministry wants to attain to these high things. And that's the very attitude that's holding them back because they're never being faithful to another. And so when they get their own, it's actually something that they built their own house of and it'll fall. So in other words, I don't want to be the builder of my house. I want God to be the yeah. builder of that. Thanks, Alex. Thank you very much. Um, I, he said, good word on there. I, I don't want. I don't want me to come up with a uh, Ishmael vision. Yeah, yeah. I don't want a compromise vision. Yeah. I need God to give me the Rama word vision, yeah. the one that will come alive that will have provision with it that will have and the only way i 'm going to get to that place is if I am diligent with that which is another's, yeah. and so i 've got to be okay uh to be the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, in command, so yeah. to speak, yeah. for the rest of my days, and if i 'm not i 've never wholeheartedly given myself mm-hmm. to that place, yeah. and I learned um. I learned at one point, uh, just, I really enjoy serving other people. Like, that's actually, a, I got to the place where I enjoyed it so much, it was comfortable to me. And the Lord had to break my comfort zone by, by moving me into my own. You know, that was, but if I could go, I've told this story multiple times, and, and I would, I, this wholeheartedly, this is easy for me to say. Uh, the Lord actually hid a pastor here in the county. Because had I found him, Pastor Steve Barbie, one of the greatest men I've ever known in my life. I have so much respect for him and esteem for him. And uh, a faithful man, him and his wife, uh, Miss Sherry, just a blessed, blessed uh, couple and a blessed ministry. And had the Lord, I, we were in the county searching for people of faith and searching for people of, you know, uh, not just faith, but of genuineness, yeah. you know, searching for the power of God, they flow in it, yeah. they flow in it. And I truly believe the Lord hid them from Nicole and I because had we gone there, had we gone to that church, we, I would have enjoyed, it would have been my comfort level to serve Him for the rest of my days. Yeah. And it would have been easy. It would have been very difficult to actually go to another thing. And so, because of that, I truly believe the Lord just hit him. Because after I met him, I went, "How did I miss you?" How I... And and the answer was, God had a vision for Boomerang, yeah. and He knew that that I would have been very loyal in yeah. that way. And so, I seek to be loyal even while we still have a ministry. You know, it's it's. You 10-15 know, minutes apart, but still that we have a ministry close by. I want to be as loyal as possible. And if you're on that side of town and you've never been to their church, they have a genuine heart for the Lord of faith and they see the power of God. You need to go, go visit us. Glean and yeah. Mission a Church. Just bless people of God. And you should you should check it out. If there's you know if you uh, are on that side of the county, God's not planted you somewhere. You should check it out. Yeah. And um, so by and you can even see even in what I just said, how many pastors are going to tell you to go check out another church in the county? Not very many, you know. But what is that? That's a not having a my kingdom mentality or just our church. It's having a mentality towards the kingdom and being able to follow the lead of the Holy Ghost, not just advancing our own.
0: Yeah. Well, the whole time you're talking, I remember when I first started learning about leadership and things, the words that used to switch my brain were um, boss and employee. And I think most maybe not everybody, but I think a lot of people desire to be their own boss. Like you even hear that promoted, like be your own boss, work for yourself. And if the Lord says so great, but even at your level of leadership, you know, pastor Brian, he oversees boomerang church. What's right. Ministry. He, the Lord's called him in a numerous different amount of ways. However, there's never going to be a time if you're properly in the chain of god so to speak like if you're if you're properly in the kingdom you'll always be submitted to somebody you know you may like pastors the head of this ministry however pastor Brian is also submitted to other men as well, you know. Pastor Gene, as pastors, pastor, um, Pastor Tracy, brother, um, you know, Doctor Rodney, There's a whole bunch of different people that you're submitted to. But that's really leadership and authority and following. It all has to do with submission and authority. Because even if the Lord using me were to ever tell me you are to be the head of this ministry, you're my pastor. And there will never be a point, you know, unless Jesus does something I'm not expecting, that I'm not submitted to you and Pastor Nicole. Because you're my pastor. So even if I'm in the number one, you're still ahead of me. I'm still submitted to you. And so proper leadership and following, you'll always be a follower of well, someone, sure. someone. You're always following someone. That's right. Someone. You should be. You yeah. should be. And yeah. if you're not, then that's that's opportunity. But you know, even Brother Jerry savell he submitted to Brother Copeland. Yeah. Like Brother Keith Moore submitted to Brother Copeland. Like all of these men of God that are great, like they're submitted to someone.
1: It's one of the releasings of power yeah. in the kingdom of God that a lot of people don't understand. Like, I saw, I saw Brother Jerry's ministry kind of jump up over the last two years, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Because he said, I've been with Brother Copeland for 50 years, and I'm going to go on my own dime to be everywhere he goes yeah. this year. And then he said, he said I'm going to do it. Uh, again for the second year now in other words at my own expense I'm going to be wherever he is and serve him in whatever capacity he wants me to be but I'm gonna be with him that releases a grace it releases a power and many of the uh, many of the that's being a good follower but many of the blessings that we've had actually in our ministry Come from uh, some moments that that I've had mm-hmm. where I said, you know what, I'm going to go. Uh, for example, one year, uh, Kevin, check your text message, please. Um, one of the things that happened was that one year the Lord told me, He said, "I want you to go every place where Pastor JB is. Mm-hmm. I want you to go where Pastor JB Whitfield, one of my one of my spiritual fathers and mentors." And um, so, one of the things that happened was. Uh, I went everywhere that I could go and make it to, yeah. and this was not a year where we just had like plenty of money sitting around this was It was challenging to us and to the ministry, but I was so sold out on it that i that I said, Look, even if Nicole and I have to spend our own ministry to get me where we need to go i 'm doing it i don 't care' And so he was in Texas. I went down to Texas and was there. Just for what? Well, I learned, of course, but I was there to be there and to serve him. And then, you know, he went up to Cobbs Creek, Virginia, which was like a six-hour drive. The money uh, to get the place to stay was all just, you know, it, it was difficult. In yeah. other words, it was a it was a stretch. I wasn't sure that we had all that money to make, but I was going to make it happen because the Lord gave me in that in that stretch and in that particular year, I made connections that were huge, and there were things that the Lord lined up. That year is where we met Richard Rhonda Moore. That year is where there was a a personal connection uh, to Dr. Rodney. Uh, Dr. Rodney was a personal connection to the building that we're in. Um, You know, all of these things, there were multiple things that happened. That year was, it drove that relationship with Pastor JB deeper than it had ever been before between me and him. But it had, you had to see that this was a following. Mm-hmm. Even after I already had, you know, so to speak, my own ministry, this yeah. was a following. Yeah. And so if you're not willing to submit and follow, you'll never be that good leader.
2: Sure. Right um, you know, Serena actually asked a really good question that kind of can follow up with this because it's like in that same vein of following. She said, how can someone grow themselves if the leaders over them aren't committed to growth?
1: Yeah. How, you know, they won't grow to the link that they should. In other words, if a leader is not willing to submit himself, then what he will be imparting is not submission but rebellion. Mm -hmm. So what they're imparting is rebellion. So I've I've asked, if you go into Psalms 133, uh, verse 1 through 3, you see there a flow of the anointing. It talks about unity, but it also talks about the anointing flowing. And you see a picture of how the anointing flows. The anointing flows from the head to the beard to all the fringes of the robe. So what you see there is that the flow of the glory, the flow of the anointing comes from Jesus, flows through the beard, represents the eldership. So it flows through the leadership, and then from the leadership it goes to every part of the body. Every person, big or small, it goes to every part of the body. Now, one of the things that you want to see there is... Uh, That if a person is not connected, truly connected, I'm not talking about they just attend. Right. There's a difference between an attender and someone who's planted. And put that in the comments. There's a difference between someone who's an attender and someone who is planted.
3: Yeah. Many
1: people attend. Few, in my experience, have planted themselves. Yep. Okay, and that speaks of being a follower. So what you see is that that anointing flows from the head to the leadership to the body. So the people that are in the body that are connected to a leader that is truly connected and planted and submitted to the head will now have. A flow of the anointing. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's not truly planted in a body. And they don't have a true biblical connection. They won't receive the same flow. Okay. Now the same thing is true. If the leader is not connected to the head properly. Or they're not. And how can a leader be connected to Christ properly. If the leader himself is in rebellion. And not in submission. It's not possible. So. If that leader is not in actual, uh, if that leader is not in an actual submission, and they're not actually planted themselves, then they're not connected exactly to the head either. Which means they're not going to have the fullness of the flow of the anointing either. All right. So now, one of the things that you want to see is this: is if that leader is disconnected then they are imparting who they are. We know that spiritual impartation is real. If they are in a rebellious connection and not a submitted connection, then they would be imparting right. who they are. So literally, they would be sowing seeds of rebellion in, in the people they're trying to help. Yeah. But see, many people are not actually trying to serve; they're just trying to build the resume. Right? They're just trying to, you know, build that. And so I would ask, and I have asked questions of multiple pastors. You know, if you're not submitted, and ministers as well, any any apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, God will give you somebody to submit to. You know, there's Mm -hmm. very few places where that might even be difficult. Yeah. Like for example, like with Brother Copeland, who's ministered for all these years. And who's going to be stretching him in faith that he can submit to? I get that that's not the simplest thing to find, but God is able and God will provide those, those people. He will show you who to connect to, yeah. He will show you who to submit to. And, and He has. Not too long ago, I believe his pastor actually passed away, went to heaven. And I, my understanding is he submitted, uh, he found someone else to submit to. What a great testimony! What a great testimony. But many times people are starting out ministries, they're not starting it out from a place of submittedness. They're not submitting to anybody. They have no covering. They, and what's ending up is they're literally sowing the seeds of rebellion into the people they say that they're, quote, unquote, helping. Yep. And they're, they're imparting that. Well, the best thing I can, if I'm truly in ministry to minister to other people and to help other people, the best thing I can do is make sure that I'm passing on what's good yeah. and not passing on a spiritual corruption, yeah. which is that rebellion. I've got, and so that means I'm going to submit. I'm going to uh, humble myself. You know, I'm going to find. So you know, which is interesting because. I think some people who didn't know the whole story would even say that. Well, Boomerang was started out of a lack of submission. That's not actually true. Um, but some people, if they didn't know the whole story, because literally the year that we started Boomerang, the Lord told me to break my connections with you know the place where I was ordained. I'm like, Lord. We're a few months out from starting a church. I need somebody to submit to. And the Lord led me specifically to Pastor Gene to submit to Pastor Gene. Yeah. So that I knew I knew as a leader I needed to be connected because yeah. I knew if I'm not if I'm doing this out of a rebellion, I'm going to the very people that I'm saying I want to help, I'm going to be hurting them. Yeah. So if I really care about them, I want to make sure that I'm helping them fully, yeah. not just you know, not just uh, looking like it on paper.
0: Well, and a follower doesn't choose who they submit to. You know, it's not your decision That's who you're going to submit to. It's not. You know, Pastor Brian, the specific thing that he just said was the Lord told him to cut ties with one yeah. and to establish it with another. You know, they're...
1: And I didn't understand no. it. No. I, I did not know why the Lord was doing it because I had no problem yeah. with that person or that group. Yeah, I figured out later why it had to do with vision. I would have, it would have taken the vision God had for me and got it into another place. It sure. would have moved it into another place. But I just I was like, Lord, this doesn't make sense. But I knew it was the Lord, sure. and He had it. So, but the Lord knew. You know, First Corinthians yeah. twelve eighteen.
0: Well, and one of the things that pastors said a lot is. A a good follower should, my paraphrase, a good follower should encourage their leader. So it's really easy for a follower who has no experience making the sort of decisions that the leader has to make, No, no reference point for the sort of things they have to do and assume that their leader isn't growing or their leader isn't stretching or their leader doesn't have vision or their leader's not good enough to submit to. It's super easy to assume that. But a good follower submits and grows. You know, you have a statement you'll make. Like, if you feel that you're ever on the same level as leadership, like, I'm not on the same level as leadership before I get into the next sentence. I'm not. (laughs) Um, But I know a lot of pastor stories. I can tell the majority of pastor stories. I've heard his sermons. I I could preach them if I wanted to, not not, but you know what I mean? Like I know him. However, I'm just now getting to a place where hopefully in Jesus name, I can then grow myself and we can encourage each other and we can sharpen one another, not equally, but we can do something different because we've gone through kind of the introductory levels. And I, I, I don't. I'm not trying to say I'm equal with you, that's not what I'm saying. There's a part where the newness of following a leader will fall away. Like There's that shiny moment of, ooh, this is fun and exciting and new, and then you have to make a decision of, am I still going to submit, even if I may see a flaw, even if I may see something that seems different am I going to choose to assume I've gotten everything I can from my leader and now I'm going to hop and find another one or am I going to submit and continue to learn and continue to be humble and continue to glean things the 20th time I hear Pastor talk about being submitted to Pastor JB and meeting Dr. Richard and and Miss Rhonda I'm going to get something different that time because I'm going to choose to hear it that way and it helps me to grow higher and it helps him if I'm here and you can lean on me differently
1: yeah well you have you know, going back to what you said at the first you don't choose who no. you're following uh the lord says in first corinthians 12:18. but now god has placed the members in the body just as he desires mm-hmm. so it's not our desire or our comfort zone or who we like or who we shop out yeah right or what we think will be the best for our resume it is Where does God want me to be? Yeah. Period. And that's why it's very important for us to take time to know know that you know this is our place
3: yeah this
1: is our place this is where god's and then once you know plant yourself yeah. you know um in, i think it's luke 16 where it talks about unless a, a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies in other words that grain of wheat dies to its own vision and gives itself to the vision of the field and the person who's who has the vision of that field yeah and so that's a very key and many It's a key point. And those are the people that will flourish in the courts of heaven in uh, Psalms 92, I think, 13 or 14. And so those are the people that will flourish is ones that will give themselves in that way. But one of the things that's so important is that what are, just talking odds here, what are the odds that you are going to see a flaw in your leader that God has placed you with?
0: If you're around them a lot, yeah. you'll probably see one.
1: What are the odds? A hundred percent. You know, unless you, you're really blind to some things, you're going to see a flaw in your leader. So why does that shock us? The reason why it shocks us and gets many people out of place is then when they see the flaw, they don't handle it properly. Yep. And they listen to the voice of the enemy. Yep. Right? And and the truth is, now watch this, what are the odds that the flaws you think you see are not actually flaws but your flaw.
0: Hundred (laughs) percent! So much!
1: It's not a hundred percent, but it is pretty high. That's why you're with that leader. I love, like you were talking last week on Friday uh, about how you saw things. You're like, that doesn't Hmm. seem right to me. And then you watch and you ask questions. You watch and ask questions and all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, I was wrong about it. I like I was thinking totally wrong. That's one of the greatest testimonies I think that you have was your willingness to see something that you didn't know about or kind of disagreed with, but then continue to stay humble enough to to be to put your doctrine on the altar and see what stays, mm-hmm. see what's not burnt up. And it's a great testimony. Like I lo- I love hearing it when you talk about that. And. That's one of the things. What's the odds that what you think is wrong is not wrong? You know, and I would say probably 80 to 90 my, percent. In my experience, I've watched as I thought, wow, I think that leader is wrong in this, you know, thing. And I've had that with every leader I've ever had. Every leader i Some things I have been right about.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Most not. Yeah. <laughs> Most not. And even today, even today, I mean, I have, I have things that I'll see and go... I don't think that's right. And I'll go down the road five years and hear that. (laughs) Don't, don't, I'll go down the road five years without knowing. Be patient. You know, you don't jump ship just because you see something's wrong or you disagree with it. You're probably there to correct what you disagree with. <laughs> You're probably there for that reason to shine the light on that element so you can get it changed, not so that you can change them. Yep. I watch people all the time that have this attitude like, well, I'm going into this church so I can bring you know the anointing of God there. Oh, so... You're called as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher into that church? Some people think that they are. And uh, then they'll go and they'll try to bring their authority, but they're not submitted to anybody. They've never planted themselves in any church. All of a sudden, they're the authority, right? Well, if I don't go there, the anointing won't be there. You prideful thing, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, hold on and all of a sudden you start to see why they've always had issues why they've never grown things mm-hmm. like that because and many times and guess what i've thought like that sure mm-hmm. i have thought like that and that's how i know it's wrong because the lord has a way of correcting you if if you'll humble yourself but then if i won't receive the correction he'll just let my mind go to a reprobate mind and keep on going and thinking myself to be wise i'll become a fool yep. very clear and we have to stay in that place of humility.
3: Yeah.
1: So, so again, I ask, I ask that question just for clarification one more time. What are the odds that you're going to see a flaw in a leader? 100% for the most, you know, for the most part, 100% you're going to see a flaw. You're going to see something that's not biblical, almost assuredly. Does that mean that, you know, what, God didn't know that? Oh my goodness, I didn't know he had that problem. You know, oh, well, you shouldn't be there anymore. You know, no, that's not what is going on. God knew what they had, God knew what they didn't have. And now he's saying, How are you going to handle it? Yeah. How do you handle it when your leader has an issue?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, that'll tell a lot about you. Yeah. That'll tell a lot about you. God is a covenant God, he doesn't believe in breaking ties just because people mess up. Praise God he didn't do that with us.
3: Mm-hmm. Because if he
1: broke ties just because we had flaws, we'd be in a world of hurt. Yeah. That's not the character and heart of God. And that, but that is the character and heart of many people, especially people who feel like kind of teenager mentality Christians who feel like they've arrived. Yeah. And we have to watch that. So what are the odds that you're going to see a leader mess up? Almost 100%. What are the odds that what you think is messed up is not actually messed up? probably pretty large that's yeah. why you're there that's why God planted you there to yeah. unveil those things and how yeah. you handle that is very very important in your continued growth uh, towards that so before we move on to the kingdom mentality did I want to open it up because
2: all I had was like a follow-up question with that okay um, like so we've been talking a lot about like in the church leadership but I know a lot of our viewers, are, like, are, you know, in their secular jobs, secular yeah. world where, where their leaders might not be, um, where the ones that they're submitted to might not necessarily even be Christian, more or less, you know, being led by the spirit and, yeah. and have that spiritual maturity. How, how would you suggest that they op- operate under that same level of submission, but would it look differently in that context? Well, with every leader, whether it's church or not, you still have
1: morals. You still have, like, you know, the Ten Commandments uh, that is the moral law of things. And they set the precedent for moral law. And so, in other words, you know, like even in the military, if somebody says, hey, I just want you to murder those people, that's breaking a moral law. And that soldier has a responsibility to say no. that you know there's not an absolute authority structure in a corrupted man that the lord has given us to he makes that very clear a lot of people tried to use that last year but that's not it's not bible it's not in context at all um you know like one of the things they talk about paul saying you know submit to your authority but while Paul was winning Romans to the Lord, he was literally breaking the law. Yeah. That was against the law, but there was a higher moral law than the Roman law, and and Paul was saying that. So we still have a moral law no matter what structure it is, but as long as they are not breaking that moral law, then we should be in submission to them, you know? Yep. If we're, you know, complying with thievery and, a killing or stealing, we should not comply with that. We you know, should not. But as long as that moral law is not being broken, you know, I have, um, you know, we have a situation where somebody is at work and um, their process is that they are to catch issues and catch problems. And um, they would catch them and they would take them to their authority. And then the authority would make, who has the authority, would say, that's okay, let it go. And they constantly had a problem with that, but the issue is that person has the authority. They did their job. Mm-hmm. They brought it up, and that person has to make a call. Now that responsibility is on them, yeah. and they have to see that that's not on that's yeah. not on the person that's catching it. That's on the person making the final call, and they their business will suffer or not suffer based off of that, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah based off of the, the quality. They're either putting out a higher quality product or a lesser quality, but their job was to bring it up, not to make the final call. Right. And so it relieves them of all of that, and it's not a moral issue, right? Mm-hmm. They're not cheating people out of that. Now, if they were cheating people out of that, that would be a different situation. But they're not cheating, they're not stealing from people, they're just deciding to put out a little bit lesser, a little bit higher quality product. Alright, so that person has a responsibility, now I would say, that person has a responsibility to bring it to the table, yeah. and if need be, if it's an ongoing chronic issue, they can bring it higher. And if the higher ups, if they've done both of those things, they're free and clear, that's on them.
3: Yeah. Right?
1: That's yeah. that's on the company's leadership in that way, so I think that's a really good thing to look at. Um, going back to, you know, going back to that situation too is, here, here's another great aspect of leadership and submitting yourself to leadership that I think is overlooked many times and two things. Uh, number one uh, is how can two agree and le- how can two walk together unless they agree? Two is uh, a loving correction. Okay. Now, and when I say that, I mean a self-correction. Okay. So the first thing is, like, for example, you can tell a lot of the stories that I would tell. And we're always having news stories, but a lot of times yeah. you're there at, at news stories, so you see it as well. You can tell some of these stories. You've been here long enough. Um, I haven't shared all of them, but at the same time, you could tell a lot. The ones I like to use for certain teaching moments, you've heard a lot of them. Yeah. All right, so you know where I'm probably uh, a direction that I'd be heading in a sermon or in something like that, you would have a good idea because you've been here for a length of time. So here's the question. Many people will approach, uh, and this goes into our second part about my kingdom mentality or my ministry mentality um, or my resume mentality type thing. This goes into that because you will say... Uh, Well, I've learned everything I can from Pastor Brian. Now it's time for me to move on to the next person.
0: I won't say that. (laughs) Yeah, you could.
1: Anybody could say that. It's the wrong thing to think, and the wrong because what they're trying to do, they're just trying to add to themselves to build that kingdom, and they don't. What they've overlooked is. They, they say, well, I've got to fulfill God's vision for me. Yes, but God's vision always is going to be his character, yeah. which is a covenant heart. So you can't fulfill God's vision for, without being covenant minded. Right. Put that in the comments. You can't fulfill God's vision and destiny for you without a covenant minded heart. Right. A covenant minded heart. So, and for you, just to break covenant because you've learned everything there is to learn, well, first of all, that's not true. Mm-hmm. you know how many things like just last week, with all that being said, just last week, we had a conversation about leadership, and you said on Friday, you said, and it blew my mind what yeah. what I said, which is something i've been meditating on for years, yeah, but you've never heard it that way, yeah, and so if you would if you would pridefully say. I know everything there is, you would be very incorrect because there's things that the Lord hasn't allowed me to voice. There's things to you that the Lord hasn't allowed me to voice. So one of the things that's important is to recognize there's generally a leader is constantly moving forward. A leader, a good leader, is constantly diving in and hungering and thirsting. For more of what God has and if they're doing that, the Lord's going to prune and he's going to give yeah. bigger vision and not all of that vision has come out yet. yeah uh, it can't it can't be shared until the proper time until due time. And so a lot of times if you're in the place that God has called you to be, that vision is always growing. Yeah. the leaders always growing and yeah. even though you may know the trivial things, and you may know the answer, sure. you might not know the why. You might not know the how. You might not uh, see the big picture of what's going on in that way. And a, a leader that has a big vision is always gonna see, a lot of times, a bigger picture than most people are looking at. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is really important is when that person, uh, when that person gets to the place where they start knowing how that leader would answer, I would say they're just now getting to the place where they can operate in unity as one. Mm -hmm. And that is God's plan. That is God's overall plan, not to have a thousand shards, you know, everybody doing their own thing, pointing their own little uh, ministry weapon at the devil, but operate as one army, In other words, all joined together, interlocked as an immovable force. So, which is, you know, you shoot a thousand shards, you know, a thousand arrows at the enemy. As soon as those thousand arrows are done, you're done. Yeah. But if you stay locked together as an immovable force in unity, you will over you will completely go over the enemy and there's nothing he can do about it. And the devil has stolen from the body of Christ yeah. because we haven't had this understanding of covenant in that way. And that's where it you know it talks about the verse talks about it and, and where it says that how can two walk together unless they agree? So The issue is, now that you start to understand those things, we're just now getting to the place where we can agree. You'll know, in other words, you know that I'm putting my left foot forward at Mm -hmm. this moment. So you also can put your left foot forward at the same moment. Now we're in unity, now we can walk together, whereas like in a three-legged race when you put the bag over, you know, if they haven't practiced, it's funny because it's so hard to be in unity. If they haven't practiced and they can't get in timing together quickly, they're going to stumble and fall. A person that's grown up and knows the stories and knows how faith would react and knows what pastor's answer is going to be, they're going to be in unity in lockstep and they're going to be able to advance against the kingdom of darkness in a way that other ministries will not be, other organizations will not be. And this applies not only in churches but also in corporations and everything. You've got to be in unity and see that's why family is so important. So another, another part of that is, um, what was I? I was saying in agreement, what was the second part that I was My talking
0: My kingdom mentality. My,
1: no, that, I'm going to get to that. We've been going to get to that for like 30 <laughs> minutes now. <laughs> but, um, oh, trusting that the leader will self-correct. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know where you're planted, then you will probably, and even if you do know where you're planted, you'll probably have a temptation that your leader is messing up right and the truth is will that leader probably mess up over a period of time probably so but the question is not will they mess up then the question is will they correct
3: Mm -hmm.
1: will they correct course if you don't know that you know that that leader is going to respond in love a choice and commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God then you're probably not at the right place. Yeah. Or you've not opened yourself up. Either that leader is right and you've not connected properly or that
3: yeah.
1: that leader is wrong and you're at the right place. You're at the, in the wrong place. Yeah. So if you have watched and you can watch that by the fruit. Has this person been faithful for years? Has this person been loving? for years? Have you seen items where they've been challenged and love has come out of them? Mm-hmm. Have you seen items where they corrected themselves? Well, now you've got the the experience and uh, the character of fruit to look at. Yeah. And one of the things that you need to trust is even if you, you know, like I've watched both of y'all mess up, you know, I've watched that. But here's what I know about your heart. You have a heart to correct it. Yeah. So, what, that makes it easy for me to not cast you to the side because I know that you are putting to death the deeds of the flesh. If I see you stop putting to death the deeds of the flesh, we'll be having a different conversation. But as long as you are working towards correction and I can trust that you will love, then if I can trust that you will put love where it needs to be, then we can advance together. Yeah. You see? And you can come with but, and that's what we need to see towards our leader. In other words, it's not that we're going to, you know, probably never see them mess up. The issue is, what are they gonna do when they mess up? And if I don't know that answer yeah. wholeheartedly, then I need to examine where I'm where I'm planted.
3: Yeah. I need
1: to examine where I'm placed. Either one, they're wrong, or either two, I'm wrong. One or the other, and generally, if that leader, if you know that you know that that leader's called, it's generally not them. Yeah. That's the devil yeah. trying to get in our thoughts to break up the unity so we won't be that force.
0: Yeah. Well, I had a moment last week um, with somebody at the church who I had done something wrong. I didn't realize I'd done something wrong. Yeah. Like I just had an action happen and I didn't think anything of it until it was presented to me that, it was wrong but what was awesome in this moment was when the person came to me it wasn't a I was so upset and hurt by this and you stinking what it was a you and I have talked before and I know your heart is for me I know you believe in me and I know that that you want what's right for me you did this I probably don't understand it help me understand and it was like such a wonderful moment for me to be able to say, no, I missed that. But the fact that you love me and believe that I'm for you made the whole situation different. Because then I was able to say, no, I totally missed this. I was wrong in this. And they were able to see I, I haven't had everything 100% all together as a le I'm growing and learning and praise God for pastors who are so <laughs> smart um, from Jesus. But, you know, as I'm growing, praise God for people who are willing to be humble in the miss you know, and give me the opportunity to humble myself before them, a good leader. I've seen you do that. Not, not often. Cause you're really not wrong often with me, but like, I can think of one moment where you said something. You're like, I missed that. And I was like, no, you didn't. I yeah. missed that. Yeah. But your willingness to, to say that it could have been you yeah. made it so much easier for me to come and be like, no, if he's wrong, you'll tell me he's wrong. It was probably me though. Yeah. Like it just, it made it so great.
1: You know, what's really, what's wrong with missing it? You know, if you're chronically missing it, like what we were talking about last week, then that's a problem. But, you know, what's, aren't we all growing and learning? Yeah. You know, aren't we all growing and learning in that way? Um, So, there, you know, I think a lot of times we get so prideful to be wrong, but we're also scared that people will take it the wrong way. And I used to be a lot. Yeah, and most people are. And then leaders are many times there, you know, I I think you were talking last week about how somebody was saying that in their job, their, their boss was saying, no, you never say you're wrong or whatever, or something like that. And, but that's a mentality that's a worldly corrupted mentality and it doesn't build family. It doesn't build camaraderie. In other words, they don't grow stronger together. It's just a dictatorship Mm -hmm. is what it ends up being is don't let them see my, you know, my weakness. That's. That's the devil, yeah. you know, that teaches that kind of stuff. Um, you know, hide hide the weaknesses. That's somebody who doesn't see themselves growing with others. Yeah. See, if I, if I feel like I grow on my own and you grow on your own, then we keep that stuff apart. Yeah. But if I see that when I actually grow, you grow too, yeah, and if true. I can teach you what I did wrong, yeah. now I'm thinking more about you than I am me. That makes me a good leader. Yeah. So there's a big difference in the heart there.
0: Yeah. So. Well, the only other thing I was going to say with it was you and I talked when we were on here last week about the moment in the church when things shifted, when the Lord gave you the revelation of the two parts of life. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't just give people a list of stuff they're doing wrong. You give them the love of God, and then from that place of love, you can then help to correct them. Well, going back to what we talked about earlier, you got that revelation around, like, your three of me being here, maybe. I've been here about two, three years. Had I just assumed I knew everything you knew at that point, I would have left with a piece of you but as the oh, Lord yeah. deepened your revelation yeah. of Him, you're always growing. You and Pastor Nicole are both mm-hmm. always growing in yeah. the things of God. And just like you can't search the depths of God, like you'll never be able to yeah. s- to stop learning about Him. A good leader, like especially in the ministry, a good leader is pressing into the things yeah. of God. So you're always learning and evolving and passing that to your congregants. And if I had stopped at that place, I would have been capped.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to. Well, oh, we hadn't going. even gotten into really discipling you
0: yet. No. You oh, know, that was, no.
1: at that point, we were, you were just <laughs> learning, at that point, you're just learning some about, you know, truths and, yeah. and Jesus and, and us.
0: We hadn't even gotten to my issues. We hadn't issues. really gotten
1: to you yet, <laughs> you know, to your growth and your leadership. So there's that opens up a depth behind those trivial things, now it's the how, the why, the what makes this work, which we haven't even gotten into yet. And still today, we're not, I mean, we're barely into it. You know, there's so much more. Yeah. And that's that's where we have to really humble ourselves. We have to be those good followers.
0: What's your statement about two years? It typically takes you two years to get to know a person
1: yeah, well, I would say that you don't really know somebody until you've been with them for at least two years. You don't really know them, and even then, you don't know them super well. But you can kind of, after two years, you can, somebody, it's hard for people to hide something. Generally, it's hard for people to hide things more, longer than six months. But two years, it's really hard for them to you know, hide something after two years. So you can think you know somebody. And then you go about two years and you'll you'll see the fullness. It's really difficult for people to hide who they are.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, so that's why you'll see a lot of relationships that won't last longer than that because in that two-year period of time, uh, truth is revealed, and the light, the light shines. Uh, so if you have, if you have people, well, and that's why I, I disagree with uh, like charges. That will you know put a pastor in a place for anywhere from two to four years and then move them on. you just got to the place where you can walk together, yeah you know uh, now, I think what they were trying to do is not breed familiarity, but that's something that has to be taught, not forced, and so anyway that that could be I could go off topic if if I continue down that path, but let's look at Acts chapter one and look at verse six. Or look at uh, verse 4. He says, gathering them. So we know that Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. Okay. They're going to receive the Holy Ghost. And in verse 4 it says, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the, uh, what the pro- the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Yeah. When they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, all Judea, and in Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. So I remember reading this one time, and it's really when I started talking about it, was I was reading that exact passage, and he said the disciples were very concerned about their kingdom, my kingdom. In other words, their, their country, my country, my kingdom. And they were thinking, you know, all this time, even after spending all this time with Jesus, these three years with Jesus, what ends up happening is, all that time. Now Jesus is risen from the grave. Mm-hmm. They have the gospel message. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> they have the gospel message. And they still immediately go to, oh, what is it? This time that you're gonna make Israel the conqueror of Rome and, and take back all this, and you will be the king and and all this. And Jesus is like, no,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> No! Hello? I wonder if the disciples ever had to put their flesh down with the stories that made it to the Bible. I mean, like,
1: <laughs> really, that one? <laughs> I well, I think it's probably like, like us, if you get healthy with it,
2: you're like, yeah, that was me. Glad y'all can learn from that, you know. reason Peter. <laughs> I was going to say, there's probably a reason Peter didn't write his own Gospel. Because <laughs> there's too many stories that he'd want to leave out.
1: <laughs>
3: I'll write a letter. You yeah. yeah. the Gospels.
2: I'll,
1: I'll I'll teach the church what not to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've got years of experience. It's yeah. cool.
1: Um, I don't need to write about it. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Great great thought. And uh, but they're you know they spend all this time they're sitting there and they're still thinking. Yeah. Jesus is going to make the physical nation great. Yeah. The physical nation great. Yeah. And. And he's like, you know, his answer, he's gentle with them. But in in context, he's like, no, guys, (laughs) you guys, (laughs) no. He's like, no, I will give you the power to be my witnesses, and you will advance the kingdom. And so kind of in context, what he was saying is, stop thinking about your kingdom. And I remember I was reading it, and I went, oh, That's right there. That's what has bothered me so much about the American church is because everybody is thinking about their own kingdom. Mm -hmm. My ministry, my church, Mm -hmm. my resume, all of this. And what Jesus was saying is stop thinking about yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking about your kingdom, my kingdom, what we call my kingdom men- mentality or my, uh, my ministry mentality because you'll watch people and that's all they're doing. They're building their resume for their kingdom and they end up breaking up the whole mm-hmm. out of unity and becoming one arrow towards a vast dark kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not it. You have to walk, you don't overcome the kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. by being on your own. You overcome it by being the part of one and being in unity. So, hey, Pastor Amos. Hey, Pastor Amos from Nigeria. Love you. Love you very much. He said, blessings, great people of God. Blessings to you too. Um, So, we must, um, he says, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you, Pastor Amos. We love what you're doing too, and we're praying for you a lot. Mm -hmm. And say, Amen. so we can't be concerned about, as leaders, we can't be concerned about my ministry. You understand that there is one vision. Yep. And one, one vision, in other words, different leaders have their own vision for that. But there's one vision to grow the kingdom of God. Yeah. And we fall in with that. It's not about my kingdom and my mentality. It's about His kingdom. There's one anointing. There's one, that's what I was, the word I was looking for. It's not vision, but calling. Yeah. There's one calling one anointing and we're called with that calling to be a part of the building of a kingdom not just our own yeah. and so when we have a my kingdom mentality and a my a my ministry mentality we start building the house on our own mm-hmm. instead of allowing God to do it and many times it looks like uh, many times it looks like JUMPING FROM CHURCH TO CHURCH TO LEARN WHAT THIS PASTOR HAS, WHAT THAT PASTOR, WHAT THIS LEADER, WHAT THAT LEADER, AND YOU JUMP AROUND, AND ALL YOU'RE DOING IS COLLECTING INFORMATION. YOU'RE LITERALLY MAKING THE SAME MISTAKE THAT ADAM AND EVE MADE IN THE GARDEN. Yeah. YOU'RE JUST COLLECTING KNOWLEDGE instead of, INSTEAD OF COLLECTING THE COVENANT HEART. YEAH you know, the heart for unity, the heart to grow up and be one together, uh, what difference does it make? Do you know what you're going to get rewarded for in heaven is not what your name is stamped on, it's what, what God's name is stamped on. Mm-hmm. What his name has told you to do yeah. is what you get rewarded for. Yeah. You don't get rewarded for what your name is stamped on, mm-hmm. you get rewarded for what his name is stamped yeah. on. Yeah. And that is something that will change everything. When you start to realize this is not about me, it's not about, you know, so our church, you know, Boomerang Church, it's not about Boomerang Church.
3: Mm -mm.
1: It's not about that. It, are we important in, in destiny and in vision? Yes, Boomerang Church is important in vision and destiny. But there's a greater piece of it. We're a part of the whole. Yeah, and if so. I keep trying to make everything that we are doing the biggest piece of the whole, I'm missing the whole concept. Yeah. I'm missing and as a leader, I will lead people into. Well, my church is the best. I one of the things I hate hearing the most is that when somebody's. I'm, I'm, I want people to be excited about their church. I want people to be excited about Bemaran Church. But one of the things I hate hearing the most is when somebody goes, "Our church is the best," and 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 you got to try. out, I know you're at yours, but you got to try out ours. Just sowed seeds of rebellion. Yep. You know. No. You know, it's. If you want to operate in fruit, yes, we're going to help you do that. If you want to operate above average, we're going to help you do that. If you want to win souls, make disciples, we're going to help you do that. If you want to stand in front of Jesus and have him say, Well done, good and faithful servant, that is our heart for you. Yeah. That's our heart for you. Yes, but God has placed the members. And there are some, there are some important pieces of it, in other words, like if I deny the power of God, the Lord says that we're supposed to, you know, remove ourselves from people that are denying the power of God. So if I'm denying the power of God, that church is operating outside of the lines of the scripture, right? Uh, If I'm not having fruit, that church is outside of the lines of scripture, Mm -hmm. Um, so, yes, find a church that's doing that. And I'll, granted, there's not a lot of them, honestly, that are actually operating as the pillar of truth and, and you're following into the lines and the fruit of Scripture. But find one that is. But we're not the only one. Yeah. We're not the only one. We may be one of the few, but we're not the only one and you need to hear from god and then you if you need to move to that place move to that place you know both of you guys you heard from the lord you're supposed to be here and you picked up your stuff and move to that place. And that's why you're going to be blessed. Because, amen. not because you came to Boomerang, because you followed in obedience to God. And yeah. you planted yourself based yeah. off of that. That's why you'll be blessed. Because of the blessing of the Lord, not just because of us. Yeah. We're just, we just were a part of that word yeah. in that way. So, amen. Um, don't have my kingdom or my ministry mentality. It's a bad deal. Amen. It is. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> amen. Any other question?
2: Um, I don't think I we feel like we could do this all week we could True. honestly I don't think we had any other questions in the comments I think people are listening
1: yeah
0: well, <laughs> and you're doing a good job one of the things you were bringing up is We had somebody comment and it triggered this memory. We have a person at the church who the Lord's given them vision for their life and things that they desire to do, like desires of the Lord, like winning souls and just different things. And for so long, they thought that they needed to do this on their own. And then there was a day or two years ago where all of a sudden it clicked inside of them and they realized, hold on, everything that the Lord wants me to do... I can do through boomerang. Yeah. Like I can do it in the place where God's called mm-hmm. me. I, God's called me for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're called no matter who you are. You're called for a purpose in the body that he's called you to. Yeah. You know, yeah. your purpose is great. We have people here in this church who are electricians. Praise God, because I don't know how to do that. Like, I, I don't have that skill set to bring to the table. But we have electricians yeah. who rewired everything to make the studio happen. We have people who own salons that make our hair look nice. Like, welcome to the haircuts that are sponsored by Crossroads. Like, we have people who make us look good, who make things sound good. Praise God for Kevin Buck. You know how long I prayed for a Kevin Buck? <laughs> I'm like, praise God for Kevin and his knowledge and abilities to bring things together every gifting that you have you don't have to step outside of your church if God wants you to have a ministry that you spearhead in that way with Him then praise God yeah but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen now. And yeah. until that time comes, serve where you're called to be. The giftings and the skill sets that you have, your body needs them. Yes. And you're no less important just because you're not in front of this broadcast. Yeah. Like I know right. that the ladies at the salon likely have us on right now because they watch us almost every day there. You guys are so important to the kingdom. Yeah. You brought in new people just by talking about yeah. the good news while well, you you're doing right nails. there,
1: right there where you're at, yeah. right in that place, yeah. Yeah. Yes. serving people and doing your work. You're actually fulfilling the kingdom by because you're a part of the body. This yeah. is our part, that's your part. You're doing it right there. Mm -hmm.
0: Boomerang's happening right where you are right now. There's something the Lord told pastor a few years ago was that all business somehow, some way in this community would somehow flow through Boomerang. Not out of pride, but because we're going to grow to the place that we have somebody in the area of electricity. We have people in the area of of hair. We have people in the schools. Mm -hmm. We have people everywhere, not for Boomerang's authority, but so that the Kingdom can be advanced.
1: It's a part of vision that he gave.
0: And when we're in our places doing what God's called us to do, that's when the kingdom gets advanced. Not when we're all in number one positions, but when we are in our place, that's when it flows. Amen. Amen.
1: Um, Serena said something. She said, I think it's so easy to focus on my calling that we can forget that it's God's vision. Yeah, and that's that's where you'll hear me say multiple times, is you know get an eternal vision Mm -hmm. not just a right now vision Mm -hmm. because a lot of times if you're in a right now vision you won't see the big picture of what's going on that's how a lot of people get weary in well doing is they're looking at right now that's why the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence is because they're looking at right now instead of looking at that grass and saying it's greener how about do the work that it needs to turn the area where you're planted in make it green yeah right Instead of, you know, take responsibility. Uh, one of th- take responsibility for where you are. Uh, turn it into a place of glory. Turn yeah. it into a place of his unity. Turn it into a place of blessing. Just like Joseph, everywhere Joseph went, he brought it higher. Mm-hmm. And people recognized it, noticed it, and promoted him because of it, because he handled things. He brought the blessing with him wherever he went. Yeah. He brought the blessing with him wherever he went. And uh, that should be every Christian's job and every ambassador as a part of leadership is, I'm not gonna let the situation tell me how it's gonna be. I'm gonna bring the blessing to it in that way. I'm gonna, and you do that through humility. You do that uh, through giving yourself to the Lord and growing in the Lord. And this is what a good leader does. Uh, And if we'll do that, we'll remember uh, the eternal picture the greater vision instead of just now, and we won't get weary in well-doing. Yeah. Um, That's one of the scriptures that sticks out to me is, uh, I think it's in Jeremiah where it talks about praying for the place, uh, the city that you're called to. And specifically it says, pray for the city of your captivity. Mm -hmm. In other words, even when you're in captivity, pray for the blessing to be on that city. Mm pray on the blessing uh, to pray for the blessing to be in that city so many people think their job is a captive place they they feel like god I just hate this place you know and oh. and so they think they think about these places and all, they, you know, all they're thinking of is the captivity instead of their job to bring the blessing and to yeah. be the ambassador, yeah. to be the light in that si- city. Amen. 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 Joanie said, Joseph brought the blessing wherever he went. I want to be like him. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. a great thing. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we Amen. hope this has helped today and uh, just praise God for you. I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. If you would like to sow today, you are welcome to. Uh, you can give online. You can go. Thank you, Kevin, for that reference where it says pray for the city, is Jeremiah twenty nine yeah. seven. If you'd like to give, you can go to giveww.org on Cash App. You can do the cash tag uh, giveww, and on Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount. Uh, You can also text to give. There's a couple other ways, PayPal, even given uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Uh, All of that you can find at uh, giveww.org or you can start the process there. So amen. We love you so very, very much. And uh, tomorrow is going to be awesome. The rest of this week is going to be so great. Amen. Uh, I'm excited because in impact. Uh, we are in the Book of Romans, we're mm-hmm. our course is the Book of Romans. So tomorrow night at Impact University, the school we have here, uh, we're going to be in Romans. I'm looking forward to everybody's answers. I gave him an extra credit. <laughs> so Would you all like to hear the extra credit question? Do you think you can get it?
0: <laughs> if you would like to answer at the bottom, maybe we'll just give you a... get. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to bribe you to give me a college answer. <laughs> the,
1: the extra credit question is... And I'll give some clarification because, okay. yeah, all right. It's, uh, it says in the book of Romans in chapter one, specifically in chapter one and two, there are three major groupings of men or mankind. You know, they have a position. And what are those three characterizations? What are those three groupings? And here's the question now. And I I added this is... What is their position in context of what's being written about? Specifically, from Romans one sixteen through Romans 3.23, what are the three different groupings of men? And it's good. I'm going to ask people. They're not going to be able to just tell me the answer without knowing why the context is. So what's the context? Why, why are those groupings important? And I did say Romans 3.23 is where I ended it, cut it off at that verse for a reason. That ending verse should help give some of the context. So, yeah, simple question.
2: Yeah, super easy. <laughs> Barely inconvenient. Yeah.
1: So, if you get it, uh, we'll send you. We'll send you something. Amen. I don't know what yet, but the
0: question came through right as we were getting ready, and I told Buddy, I'm like, I don't have the brain capacity at this moment to try and <laughs> decipher the question. I need to read the Bible
1: and then reread the question. <laughs> it, but it's. It's an inter- it's a it's a completely doctrinal point that's very big, um, very very important in us going forward. <laughs> Johnnie says, "Wow, that's hard." <laughs> it's extra credit. It's, it's you're gonna have to you'll have to work for it. I could tell you one place to go, you would get it really easily,
2: but I'm not gonna tell you. You need to look. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It. It's okay. I was I was about to pull out my notes.
0: <laughs> so if you hear us starting to, like, reference Romans a whole lot more there over the next go. three weeks, yeah. wow. it's because we're in Romans right now. <laughs> and you could be in Romans, too, if you really want to, yeah. because Impact University is open still if you want to become a part of impact you are able to do that you, you can fill out a request form at impactyou.org yeah. because you can do it remotely we have somebody here in the studio who does it remotely um most of the time at their house in charlotte now we're away so even if you're not here in albemarle you can still be a part of impact and find out the actual answer to that question tomorrow night maybe <laughs> but yeah it'd be awesome
1: Yep. We love you so very much. Thank you for being with us today. Lord, we just pray over any seed that anybody sowed on any level. Father, let them be blessed. Let it overflow, Press down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We just praise you and we worship you and we give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
0: We're going to be back tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Make sure that you take this broadcast, share it. But we'll be back tomorrow. We want you to be back with us, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 11.30.
1: Amen. Thank you, Kevin, for that uh, seed that you sowed. We praise God for you. See you tomorrow.
0: See ya.